Welcome back to the Takes to a Tailgears podcast. My name is Tom Hauser and my other co-host, Caden Cooley. How's it going? And our other, other co-host, Nathaniel Yates. It just feels wrong. I'm going to just do this from now on. Like, Oh, why? Because I don't, the way we're sitting, it feels weird to skip to Nate and then you. Gotta save the best for last. I don't know what to call you guys. Like, co-host feels weird. Like. I, I would hope we're your co-hosts. I don't know. I just, it feels like, almost like demeaning. Like, I want something, I want to feel more inclusive. I think we're doing. A you could just good say job. like our names. You don't have to say co-host. We don't need well, I say title. names. I say your full. Well, I'm just saying like say the names. Like you don't need to add co-host. All right, this is a weird way to start the episode. But here, try it again. All right. <laughs> no, I'm not trying. It. No, try it again right now. Nathaniel Yates and Caden Cooley. That's it. We'll be like alongside, alongside Caden Cooley and Nathaniel Yates. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds. I feel bad. like at this point we should just cut this out. That's, no, I'm no, keeping I, this I, in. I like I'm keeping it. this in. I like it. Okay, all right. Well, welcome to the episode. We have a doozy for you guys. Doozy. I feel like that's a good way to describe it. We have a just a hodgepodge of like sports news, and we're just gonna feed it to you, and it's gonna be fantastic. So to kick it all off, Caden, what's the best thing you saw this week? Best thing I saw this week was uh, Katie roasting Shannon Sharp. Um, so Shannon went on his talk show host with, uh, Skip Bayless, you know, great, great show out there. Um, entertaining. Yeah. Real revolutionary. I mean, we're talking about it. Yeah, exactly. So Shannon Sharp pulled a quote off of Twitter and essentially the quote was, he thought that Katie said on a podcast that LeBron, since he had beaten LeBron twice and LeBron was the best player in the world, yada, yada, yada. What does that make him? And the quote wasn't real. KD started gassing him on Twitter, and then Shannon Sharp proceeded to block him on Twitter. And then KD screenshotted it and then commented, but I'm sensitive. It was a weird, it was a very weird interaction. I I do have a little bit of sympathy for Shannon because I'm like, because like his partner, Skip, has made an entire career out of bashing LeBron. And like Shannon does it a couple times, and KD's like, I don't feel bad at all because as a journalist, you should probably check yeah. your sources. Yeah, and no. you should get you deserve to get bodied by the athlete if you make fun of him for something he didn't even say. Which he got bodied. Shannon, not, Shannon got bodied. Yeah, I mean it was pretty bad. I mean the dude had to block him. <clears throat> yeah, I I would like to see like a. I also just hate social media interactions because no matter what you say, they will always have a comeback because he can sit there. Yep. He can take five hours to create one tweet. That's why I don't I don't like doing that because it's like well, you could you could always have a comeback for anything on the internet. I saw this thing that said KD has more tweets than he does points in his that career. That is true. That is a true statement. That's like that's actually true. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. he has a lot of points. Yeah, he's kind of like considered one of the tweets. greatest scorers of all time. Yeah. So. One of the greatest tweeters of all time, apparently. Mm, yeah. Not Go. greatest, but high volume. He's at least top ten. It's like Jr. Shooting threes. <laughs> I like that comparison a lot. Um, all, all right, Tom, what's the best thing you saw this week? My best thing I saw this week was crapping on baseball. Um, so Barry Bonds, you know, pretty decent baseball player, became the hitting coach for the Marlins. He was decent, and then he took uh, steroids, yeah. and he got a way lot better. Yeah, you know, baseball. Like, you know, like baseball. Baseball. Um, and then so he became the Marlins hitting coach, and everyone's like, all right, that should be good, right? It should help improve their team, hitting. And, uh, and all of a sudden, the – who was it? The – president of the Marlins said uh, he had fun as a hitting coach, but he was ineffective com- completely old. He would sleep in the clubhouse. He would not pay attention during games. He did not work hard. It was a complete disaster, which 
I think it's quite interesting that like a lot it's so weird having like a lot of these sports stars go into like coaching or GMing or like media and they suck at it. And it's a very weird thing to just look at and be like, man, I used to like you. I'm looking at the comment section of that post and there's a comment saying, I remember he denied me an autograph that season. I was like 11. <laughs> I see that. I see that right here. <laughs> so I love that. Sounds like you deserved it then. Yeah. You know, it's like as a hitting coach, you know, and you're always just, you're already just such a naturally good oh, hitter. Breaking news. What? Um, NBA free agency date has been announced. Oh, what the is it? The negotiations can begin August 2nd and players can sign August 6th. So our free agency episode is coming before that. So yeah, watch out for that. Anyways. But I, I just love that, you know, he's a hitting coach, you know, just just do the bare minimum. Just watch the games, watch the players hit. Fix their issues and then boom, you get paid to sit around. Some people would love to do that. And he's just like sleeping during the games, doesn't give it rat's ass. Like I feel like uh Jet's new head coach. What's his name? Robert Robert Sala. Yeah. Remember how he he was so intense? Like I feel like if your job is a hitting coach, I want that kind of energy from you because you're required so little. If he doesn't have a guy on the sidelines to hold him back, I don't want him. Yeah, like Yeah, fact. Like make it your thing. Your your bare bonds. Like I know you can do it. <clears throat> All right, best thing I saw this week. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna say the Bengals New Jerseys. I like them. Is that an audible? Yeah, yeah that was a little audible. A little. Audible. I saw that. I saw that click in your head. And like, you know well, because I was like, well, man, we didn't add anything when we talk about them. So I'm gonna talk about them. I like the Bengals New Jerseys. You know, a lot of people have been like eh, about them, but I like them. I liked the Bengals jerseys beforehand, and these are just cleaner and sleeker, and I think they're gonna be, look way better on the field. More modern. Yeah. And then whenever you add the addition of the helmet rule being gone and they can add some like different helmet colors with the stripes. I mean, we're thinking, Wait, is the, that actually gone? It's, it's a, it's, it's in motion. It's gaining a lot of traction for, I think the neck, like not this season, but oh, the season like for a next season proposition. Yeah. So 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, can we just get rid of that so we can have cool uniforms? I there? want cool jerseys now. And actually speaking of cool jerseys, I'm going to use as a segue for my other best of this week. That I was gonna, I originally was gonna do the WNBA, just everything, you know. They have like this, they have this whole new jersey setup. Mm-hmm. All the all the teams have new jerseys. So I th- wait, I think so, that's fine. So they're not alternates; they're like all the new jerseys. Well, so every team got two new jerseys and an alti. So they're like they redid their whole league. Yes, I thought it was just like they came out with alternates. Nope, and oh, multiple wow. teams have new logos. Oh wow! Ooh, okay. So, so, so kind of like what Nike did when yeah. they took over. That was yeah. my next question. And did Nike? I think so. Are they the brand? I think yeah, they are the brand. I don't know if they were the brand before, but they're the brand now. So maybe Adidas, they took over. Adidas really needs to step up their game. But like, if you look at the w, the new WNBA jerseys, they're all fire. Yeah, they're the great. These are sick. Sparks are good. And you know what? I'm just starting right now. I'm gonna be a WNBA fan this summer. Holy crap! You heard it here first. Sound the alarm. This is a monumental moment you know, in human history. Um, the WNBA receives probably more hate than we do. <laughs> yeah. Which no, is shocking. Like no, I don't, I don't know. Imagine the entire country hating on them when they're just trying to go out there and play some good basketball. So you know what? I love the game of basketball, and I'm going to support them because I think it's really cool, and we should give women's sports a try because... Just don't be misogynistic. You just like, got to have expectations. Like, go into You're not going to see a windmill 360 dunk, but you're going to see some pretty good basketball. Like, just go watch some good basketball. Are there odds on these games? 
I'm sure there are, Kate. It's you the only way there. to get you in. I'll be there. So I, I recommend, I recommend you guys to join me on this quest. I just told you I'm in, dude. I will. It also helps that the sparks are pretty. Yeah, good, you have an so. LA team, uh, dude. All and they just got a new logo. They and did some cool jerseys. Hey, wait, our Look. hometown town. We got a new team. Dude, screw you. I, I just we we can. I just hey, have let's Dallas, let's Dallas have, have a team. Dallas yeah. does have a team. What's, what's the wings, dude? They Hold were on. okay. So they had the number one draft pick. They had the number two draft pick, and then like another top ten pick. So. They do this year. Yeah, they just loaded up. Dude, that would be a good team to go with. What's their name? The Dallas Wings. Wings. I will say the WNBA. Like they play your sparks first, so dude, don't mess with my sparks. So yeah, you know what? We're gonna watch WNBA. I think we should be WNBA fans. I I also think that'd just be like a really good like you know what? Let's get over the hump. Let's get over hating on women for no reason, and just enjoy basketball. It's like you're not gonna be LeBron, but I just want to. It's silly. I just want to throw this out there. I'm gonna watch a WNBA game before I ever watch an MLB game. That is week. facts. That's facts. That's facts. That's facts. So we know our. We you know what? If we like it, we might be a WNBA podcast. Just and if you hate on that, get over yourself. So yeah, that was my best of this week. We're not nice. sexist. Yeah, we're not sexist. Yeah, we we love basketball, no matter what form it comes in. So my weekly winner is Patrick Marlowe. Um, so Gordy Howe, Mister Hockey, an all like an ultimate legend. He had the record for most NHL games played at 1,767. Patrick Marleau, I don't know if it's, I can't remember if it's Marleau or Marleau, but it's one of them, has officially tied his record. So that was pretty cool. Nice. A current player, you know, is going to pass the record of all-time games played. That's pretty sick, actually. Yeah, pretty sick. So good for him. So yeah, that's my weekly winner. My weekly winner is Alex Smith's GOAT Legacy. This man retired today. This it morning, yeah. Monday, April 19th. I was at the gym, pulled up my phone. I was like, oh my God, that is depressing. Especially when I thought he was coming back to the Chiefs. Again, yeah. We, Chiefs yeah, fans. like actually, like if we didn't have this whole like idea of him coming back to the Chiefs, this would be a great weekly winner. But I actually feel like a weekly loser yeah. because I didn't get to see Alex Smith be a Chief one last time. Yeah. I was actually really sad when this news yeah. came out. Also, yeah, me too. Though, I am, you know, that's why I want him to be back up because I don't want, I don't want to see him on the field. <laughs> like, yeah, so this it was is kind of a win. It's kind of a win because it's like, it's, it's very stressful watching that happen last year, especially yeah, against the Rams. He probably knew like, oh, Mahomes has those two games every year where he gets injured, so I'm going to have to come in at some point. Yeah, time. true. He always, is, always will come in there again. Well, and you know, he didn't want to compete with Chad Henney. Yeah. Yeah, Henney is, yeah. you know, screw Henney for starter. Henney for GOAT. Honestly. Any for goats, but no, dude. Like this guy's story. You know, he was a first overall pick, and then it got trashed on because he wasn't as good as Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it much. didn't. It didn't help that Aaron Rodgers was like 27, 26. Yeah. So, um, but then he got traded to the Chiefs. He had a phenomenal career with them. Um, I appreciate all of his time with us a lot, obviously, because he made us like matter as a team. He's the reason they. He's like a huge reason why they won the Super Bowl. Alex Smith yeah. is not going to be remembered in like 15 years, but it really is a shame that that's true because his impact and just like if you really know football and you really just understand, you know, passing the torch and teaching, you know, rookies, Alex Smith's impact is going to be way more. Then people will remember. He was the mentor to one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. And people yeah. are going to forget that. It's going to get lost in the shuffle. But I actually don't think he's going to get forgot about. I only say that because the next point I was going to bring up, his time with the football team, he's going to be remembered for that solely because of his comeback, the yeah. award he won. And I really do think you're going to see traction gain on him getting, you know, 
the award being rebranded. I as Alex really Smith. hope it is. I really hope it's the Alex Smith award because that's just like there's no in my mind example. the what a comeback is. You know, you have this life threatening injury and then you still come back to the game you've loved since what he's probably 33 34 his entire life so you know he's a goat in my eyes he's definitely one of my favorite quarterbacks ever i'm not gonna say he's should be in the hall of fame he was the first quarterback that as us young chiefs fans got to watch like i didn't watch matt castle i didn't watch much i know i obviously didn't miss much but like i started watching football around 2012 2013 right when he got traded to the chiefs and he was our quarterback, and for years I was always like, "Man, quit hating on the guy. Like he's not Tom Brady, but he, yeah. See, and I, I, I remember the Sundays where I would hate on him just because yeah. I didn't like his play style, and that's just who he was. And I am forever thankful for the consistency and the foundation that he really laid out for us to be able to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Pat, Pat said he was like, after they won the Super Bowl, he was like, he's not here, but he's part of this team. Like he, he. He won the Super Bowl. Like, he deserves a ring. I wish I would send him one. Yeah, I mean, like, I know you technically can't because it was on the team, but he deserves it. Uh, and all around, it's one of those you. things because it's like, if you're not a Chiefs fan, it's really hard to understand, like, yeah. what Alex Smith means because it's like, okay, conservative, like, average quarterback. Why did he matter? But I don't know. For a team that didn't matter for a long time, they were 12 wins every year. Yeah, they were a good, great regular season team, and it just it never came together for him. But. That's my weekly winner. Thank you, Alex Smith. Yes, thank you, Goat. Uh, my weekly winner isn't nearely as cool. Uh, I've been out of biology because he had a game-winning shot against the Nets, and he's just, you know, I, I think I kind of want to just ask Nate the question, who's the best player on the Heat? I'm actually really glad you asked me that question. Okay. Is you it know, Jimmy Butler? It must not. be Jimmy Butler. It's right? not. Mm. Jimmy Butler is a great player, and, you know, I'm actually starting to, like, respect his game a lot more and appreciate it because... You know, like the bubble run for the Heat in general was a little bit fluky, but his his play was not. You know, they lost the Timberwolves um, a couple nights ago, and he almost had a thirty point triple double. Now, do I think he's some top ten, top fifteen player? No, but there is times where his impact is just as good as anyone's. That being said, it's not there enough. You know, like everyone acts like he's some game changer. Me and Talon went to a Heat game, and yeah, before you say like the one, it's one game example. No, it's not. Jimmy Butler will have games where he does not have that much impact. And that's just fair. I will say Bam, that game didn't do much. Either. Bam out of bio is the best player on the Heat. And when you just look about pure basketball skill and what they can do. Now, Bam out of bio is not as consistent as Jimmy. He's pretty inconsistent, he's actually. He's younger, though. But he's younger mm-hmm. and he's getting better. Bam out of bio honestly should be getting some depoy talk. He kind of screams to me like an Anthony Davis type of player because he comes into the league like, oh, he's just a rim running center. He can block a few shots. Now you watch him. He's got Anthony Davis skill where you're like, oh, that's guard. He's got guard skill. Bam out of bio can impact every asset, like facet of the game so heavily. It's not even funny. There was a stat about the the Nets game. Not the Nats game. Not the Nats. He does not play baseball. There was a stat out of the Nets game. When he was guarding Kyrie Irving, Kyrie shot 0 for 8. Yeah. 0 for 8. And his... I'm pretty sure the rest of the team was like 0 for something. I think it was like 1 for 11. Something also crazy, yeah. And And that's insane. This is your center, and he's clamping up Kyrie Irving. I'm sorry, that's the best player on the team. It's pretty hard to do. So, yeah. I love Bam. Bam's great. But Jimmy's also great. You know, I'm definitely coming around to that. They should be better. Yeah, I was at the point last season where I thought Jimmy was better, but I think we're... 
we're finally getting to the point where it's like, okay, Bam's probably the best like overround yeah. player on the team. It's also Bam doesn't have a huge personality. Jimmy is like his personality the is huge. huge. Jimmy biggest. is just hilarious. Yeah. Jimmy's not trying. Jimmy's arc is so weird because he's like underdog. Now he's like he like became a little too arrogant. Everybody hated him, and now everyone's kind of back to like, okay, he's cool. <laughs> like he's yeah. he's a, such a weird, very career. interesting career path. Yeah. But Bam Autobio game also though game winner was like pretty, pretty good. Yeah, it was okay. good. I mean, it was a, I mean, it was it a was midi. A, it was a mi- I, yeah. I don't know. Like, it was it was a cool game winning shot for how like, that game was going though. Like, it was a pretty back and forth game against yeah. a still pretty good team. In the oh, Nets. he also said he wanted to get up on the table like D Wade, and then I was like, okay, see, that's why, why like a midi. No, that's nah. not. Yeah. See, I'm glad he did it, but it's like, why would he say that and then just and then not, not do, do it? it. Yeah, because <laughs> now it's like it's kind of random. You know what? He's not the best player in the Heat just for that. that. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna get into the Jake Paul fight. This is um, real sports. This is interesting. So there's kind of now a debate. Was it rigged? And you have the oh, one side where, nice. okay, well, Jake Paul knocked him out in the first round, and then Ben was seen smiling, laughing, leaving the ring. And then you have the other side. Ben did look super fat, super out of shape, did not care about the fight at all. Everyone in the locker rooms, because there's a lot of celebrities that went and visited both of them, mm-hmm. and they were like, yeah, Jake was so hyped up. Jake was ready to go, and then Ben didn't give a shit. So, I don't know. What's your guys' takes? Was it rigged? So, uh, here's my thing. He was going to get paid no matter what. I'm talking about Ben. Um, He knew he was going to collect his bag. And let's be honest, guys. He probably didn't think he was going to win. It's just not up his alley. His body, his fight style was not built for that. He's so fat. He's so much smaller than Jake, too. It's not even funny. And, the like, you touched on difference. his fighting style. I, I was told that he was, like, a grappler type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you get into a ring with a guy who has been training as a boxer, has been fighting in these quote-unquote this professional was Jake, matches. This is, like, Jake was trying to prove his livelihood. Ben was like, I'm going to go there. I'm just going to get a check. Yeah. So, I actually, I'm actually on the side that I don't think it was rigged. But I don't think it was What either. also irritated me was I saw a lot of people go, like, oh, well, look at these clips of him, like, taking these huge shots in the UFC. Yeah, that's because one, he was training for those fights intensely. Like that was his moment to shine, and he was taking hits because he was in shape. Like yeah. he he didn't give a shit I about this fight. It was a little bit shaky though because he got back up, and the ref was like, "No, you're not good." Yeah, I told Kane about that. I was like, "I would like to see like I, I want to hear what like the ref saw." Yeah, and like what like because like he would just be saying this, but his eyes were like. He he insisted that he was fine. The first okay, I saw him go down, and I thought that's when the ref was going to call it. But then he let him get up and like kind of walk around, and then he called it. And I was like, okay, well, why wouldn't he have called it? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe don't know. he saw something like him like wobble. That's and got what, up, yeah, maybe that's what I'm. That's there what has to be some sort of sign that like those kind of refs have like like you're taught if you see them do this, then call it. Yeah, and and there could be off. like some small sign that we something like see. textbook. Now, it, would it shock me if... Because I think his next fight is going to be Tommy Fury. Jake or... Uh, Jake's next fight. I was like, Tommy Fury, what? which is Tyson Fury's son. And he's an actual boxer, 5-0, 4 knockouts. Yep. See, that's that, that I would actually want to watch. Now, and if he just gets absolutely smoked in this... It's going to look... Yeah, I, I would very... And if it comes out like a year later that it was rigged, it would not shock me at all. Because I could definitely see in a world where Jake Paul is like, yeah, I'm going to rig this. But also, I can see a world where Jake Paul actually wants to be a boxer. I mean, he took he this very looks ser- good. He he took this very seriously, and Ben did not. 
Yeah, and because Ben, they were like, he's smiling afterwards. Yeah, he's just made a fat paycheck for yeah. He just got a million dollars for like one round. Also, until like one good punch. Yeah, and let's give some credit to Jake Paul real quick because I've seen a lot of bashing about how oh he's just fighting people who are like half his size guys that he knows he's going to beat the shit out of guys. He's making like. I told Talon this. I think he's starting an industry right now because you have the WWE where, you know, it it's all scripted. I think everyone knows that at this point. Uh, yes. Yeah, unless you're but five. Stuff like this is like the the one five year old that's in the podcast. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, he basically took what I would consider almost WWE storylines, but is bringing them to an actual place where they fight. And at least with the big personality perspective, because like, I don't know, Jake Paul fighting Nate Robinson, who's a former NBA player. That sounds he's, he's like a me. very popular NBA player. Too. You know, I think you make a great point and I really agree with you. Like, yeah, you can people can talk about what Jake Paul boxing means for the boxing community. But I think it's great. I think it's great. For you know why? You know why? We're talking about it. Yeah. When, yeah. Hey, guys, how many times have we talked boxing on the podcast? I we talked MMA like one time. I think, yeah. But not very often. And it's getting so much social media attention. If the game's going to grow, a Jake Paul figure is actually great for the sport. Yeah, and I understand why people don't... I understand why the boxing community hates this. Totally get that. However, I think the advantages outweigh the disadvantages. Because guess what, guys? You still get to keep your fights that are really good that you like. But you guys get more people to watch them that are younger. Yeah. So you get to continue the sport in the future. And it's like, okay, are you really going to have a, are you going to care if there's like a branched off division of men's boxing that's just personalities? No. Who cares? Because it's still going to give them more money in the long run. I, I mentioned this before the podcast to Caden is th- I, I think we all know when this was started and it was Mayweather McGregor. They started this, this real like. No, I I didn't watch the boxing fight, but you know what I did watch? All five of the pre the press conferences where they were roasting each other. They it's like Kane said, it's turned into WWE, and it's fun. Like you, I you know the only reason anybody watched this fight is the build up to it. It's that's wrestling esque. Well, and that's a really good point. And another one that really jump started that is the Logan Paul versus KSI because yep. I think they took that they like took, yeah, they, they took the big personality of it, but then they were like, okay, will this actually work? And then it did because and then people were like. Let's do this. Because it was the experiment of like, you know, Mayweather and McGregor fought, but you're like, you took out the variable of actually being like two of the best. You're like, okay, will it purely work if we're just big personalities, know nothing about boxing? And it did. And it did. And then Jake Paul is extending that. So I I can see why boxing purists would hate it because it's, you know, it's, it's not what they want. They want to see actual boxing. But like you said, it's going to expand the game either way. And your boxing, real boxing isn't being taken away from it. Or real UFC fights or whatever. Um, so, and also boxing makes more sense for this personality because, like, UFC, it feels like so that's somebody too, could that's die in training. there. <laughs> that's like, to me, boxing is so, like, I'm not saying it doesn't require skill, but I think the ability to it's, get there where you could box at a high level is a lot simpler to learn the techniques than it is to like grapple and do backflips over yeah, somebody's head. Yeah, boxing makes more sense for it if yeah. it's going to be any sport. And plus, people just like watching people knock each other out at the end of the day. Yeah, we know that. So yeah. I'm also one. I'm also not going to pay sixty bucks to watch the fight. That's like three seconds though. I'm yeah. still not there yet. I see, but that's the thing is like, let's say he fights. Oh God, I don't know. I would watch the Fury fight. I think that. Yeah, yeah. That, that event was supposed to be really sick as well because. Um, 
his dad Tyson Fury, who's actually like a really renowned mm-hmm. professional boxer, supposed to fight someone. I can't remember his name. I was gonna say, didn't he win last year? Yeah. Yeah. Against like Wilder. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. At I think Fury won. No. We could be wrong, but no, Wilder won. Wild did Wilder win? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, so Caden, I believe you have an ad read for us from our friends at Miller Theaters. I do. So before we get into Julian Edelman retiring, crazy, random, I didn't see it coming personally. I wanted to talk to you guys about our awesome partners over at Miller Theaters. Miller Theaters will be hosting the awesome looking Mortal Kombat this weekend. What a better place to catch an awesome, gory, R-rated video game movie while relaxing in some comfortable reclining chairs and on one of the biggest screens in KC. Also, I heard a little rumor that there was over 35 barrels of fake blood used on this movie. I think this movie might be a banger. That's what you yeah. want out of Mortal yeah. Kombat, right? Right. So we will also be reviewing it next week because we're going to see it this weekend. Mm-hmm. So watch out for that. Also, don't miss out on Mortal Kombat at Miller Theaters this weekend and make sure to grab your seats ahead of time at MillerTheaters.com. So Julian Edelman retired. And I think, you know, before we get into the clear debate that the entire Internet's been loving, let's just take a second and reflect on his great career and give him the kudos that he deserves. Amazing career. Julian Edelman will go down as a... A playoff and Super Bowl legend, you can't, a Pats legend, mm-hmm. and will get his jersey retired by the Pats. You can't tell the story of the NFL without Julian Edelman. But that being said, he's not a Hall of Famer. Let, let's talk about, I just want to talk about for a second what exactly he's done in his career before we move on to the Go Hall of Famer. So he was a seventh round draft pick in 2009. Guys, we know what happens to seventh round draft picks. They, Suck. If they become a backup, it's almost a miracle. Um, Facts. He finished what fourth in receiving in the franchise history. I don't think they have his playoff stats pulled up here, but I mean, he was a Super Bowl MVP, won three rings in total. Um, he is second. Oh yeah, he ranks second in NFL history in postseason receptions and receiving yards, only behind Jerry Rice, and he's head of Michael Irvin. So in the postseason, I think he's an absolute legend, beast. And, you know, Tom Brady security blanket, but just he had a hell of a career. Yes, a hell of a career. Um, yeah. Now, will it surprise me in, in a world if in five well, like five years after his eligibility, that it's just kind of just like a low key class that Julian Edelman gets in? No, it would not surprise me if he eventually makes Hall of Fame. But me personally, I don't believe he's a Hall of Famer. He is an absolute legend when it comes to the playoffs. But I'm sorry. You need to have more than 36 touchdowns in your career. This is regular season, so I, I get it, but... That's not what he's seen. You know. have 36 touchdowns in your whole career. He only had three seasons where he was over 1,000 receiving yards. That just bugs me. Like, never hit double-digit touchdowns. Only hit over 1,000 three times. In his defense, you got to remember he's a slot receiver. He's not... He's not there to grab all the touchdowns on the outside. He's there to pick up the yards he needs to and just get But he really done. didn't pick up the yards. That's that's the problem. I know. I said the yards he needs to. So he was always there for the first down. Third and like, threes. He was always – he was consistent his whole career. Um, and you could talk about regular season, but – His case is the playoffs. That's his case. Yeah, and because, I mean, three rings. Obviously, you have Brady, but he won a Super Bowl MVP as a wide receiver. That's insane. And that was a really bad Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. It just had to go to somebody. But he had over 100 yards and 11 catches. And their defense was, the Rams' defense was, oh, that one wasn't too good. But, I mean, still a great game. And I don't know. To me, like, 
Yes, his playoff career is legendary. He will be looked at as a legend. A but that coach. doesn't mean that he needs to be in the hall. He needs to be in the hall. I don't think he's the first ballot, but I think you know a few years after you'll see him get. I don't, it, it just bugs me because Hall of Famers, you know, they look they're remembered as like the top guys. Julian Edelman was never a top ten receiver in the league. Yeah, yeah, and like probably once or twice. Like you know whose career stats are better than his? Jordy Nelson and Jeremy Macklin. Jeremy Macklin. Well, also the the thing that is kind of a killer for his case is um, Steelers wide receiver. I completely, um, Heinz uh, Ward won the Super Bowl MVP as well. Yes, and he's not in the hall. And he's and he's not in the hall. And he has better stats. Reggie Wayne Reggie also season. not in the yeah. hall. So it you're really do how much do you vet? Like the thing is, is me, people like me and Nate, I would say he's not a hall of famer as well. But I wouldn't be mad if he was. But the thing is, is like. We just want him to have a like a decent regular season, like you know, for a Hall of Fame standard. Yeah, I'm not asking you to have like some like Julio Jones career type of all time. Just, I just want some good regular season stats, and they're just not there. Yeah, like at least be top ten for a decent amount in your career, and it, he just wasn't that. And so it it feels a little weird to say somebody who we never perceived as one of the best players in the game to go down. All time greatness and a category. quick, interesting, like you know, tie bit about those three years where he did reach a thousand. They were never consecutive, so it wasn't like okay, you know, he really ran the league for like three years and then kind of dropped off, but still performed great in the playoffs. No, it was like just randomly. Oh, 2013, yeah, 2016, yeah, and then 2019. It was all in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, which his, is which is where it matters was in the playoffs. for sure. See and. That's where we just defer, I guess, because I look at him as one of the biggest step up to the moment guys in NFL history in the playoffs. And it's also I mean, he had the crazy Baltimore touchdown throw, the trick play, the, the crazy catch against Atlanta, which mm-hmm. was probably what top five that's craziest his, that, catches of yeah, all time. That's his career moment. So um, and guys, you have to look at where he came from too. the guy was a no offered quarterback out of high school. He caught one ball in college and he came into the pros as a quarterback. So the fact that he transitioned to receiver was a good NFL quarterback too. He's like five. And he was never a great wide receiver, but he was still very good at his job. And I know you don't get into the hall of fame for that, but like I said, it's when tough. it mattered most, there is a. I think he stepped up to it. I agree with Helen. It wouldn't make me mad if he was in because you know mm-hmm. he had a great career. But there's a lot of receivers that need to be in the hall before doing it. Which I do agree. I think, I think he's like a ten years down the road guy that gets in. I think maybe you you get to the point where it's like you get like a week. I don't know. They're letting guys in from like the '80s who had a big impact on the game, and it's like. I could see Julian Edelman getting in. Just yeah, off I think resume. I think he will eventually get in. But definitely, no. He's not a first ballot. It's just you don't feel comfortable being like uh, Hall of Fame, Jerry Rice, Calvin Johnson. You know all these like amazing, amazing. And then yeah, Julian. It it just feels weird to put him in the same room as those guys. Yeah, for sure. All right, we'll move on. Jadavion Clowney signed a one-year, ten million dollar contract to the Browns, and I love this deal. Um, I don't think Jadavion Clowney is that lit anymore. Don't get me wrong. Fun fact, Kenny Moore, the slot corner for the Indianapolis Colts, has more sacks in the last two years than Jadavion Clowney. Mm. But in Clowney's defense, I, I watched some games that he played in, and he did look really good in other areas. He was a really good run stopper. He made a couple of deflection plays, and he was active. And I think on the other side of Miles Garrett, I think it's gonna, it's really going to work out. See, that was my main point is like, 
I think he is an amazing number two pass rusher, probably one of the better guys in the league when he's playing that role. But you have to remember, too, like how many guys would be one of the best in the league as the second pass rusher. So it's like, yeah, I don't really like his career as a whole when it comes to him playing by himself, because you got to remember he played on the other side of J.J. Watt. That's where all this hype started. He was a first overall pick. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. But it's like, okay, show me what you can do on your own. Couldn't do that much. So he's coming to a one year deal on the Browns where I think he's probably going to eat just because he's not getting double teamed. Um, which also I thought it was really weird that the Browns cut Sheldon Richardson after this because everybody kind of discussed how they thought that this D line was amazing with all three of them. Everyone was like, yeah, Sheldon Richardson, uh, Miles Garrett and Jadeveon Clowney now. And then it was like, oh, Sheldon Richardson got cut. Yeah, I just I was curious, you know, maybe they have a, another guy in mind, maybe to yeah. the draft that they want to get. Yeah. I'm not really sure though. That's, that's definitely an interesting. Cause they don't have a problem with cap, right? They could. I've. I'm not up to date on the Browns cap, but that wouldn't surprise me either because I do think Sheldon Richardson was making a. It's like twelve sum. mil. Yeah, so Baker still has rookie deal, so probably that's true. That. that is coming up. Uh, it will be probably probably be bad pretty soon. Um, I personally am a fan um, because it's just I am a huge like most of us. I am a huge proponent in a player who we've seen potential from joining a team when you're not asking him a lot to do much. So like. When Justin Houston joins the Colts, you're like, you, you don't you don't have to be a game changer. Just be pretty good. And he was pretty good. Like when when Ben McLemore gets signed by the Lakers, you're like, OK, just be OK. And that, that's good. When Blake Griffin goes to Nets, be just OK. We're not asking you to be because all these type of moves get some sort of hate because you're like, oh, he's not what he once was. It's like, yeah, you're not asking so him to okay. be. That's OK, because you're asking him to be the second man to Miles Garrett. That's terrifying as a def- as offense like Javion J- J- Clowney is, you know. Not a number one, but as like a, a number two to a elite number one, that's scary. So it's just about, you know, any player that I've seen potential from that I know can be a number one in some scenarios, when you put him out as a number two or three or whatever, it usually works reduces out. his role. It usually almost always works out. Um, so Especially when you have a guy. Especially the momentum the Browns like created last year. I just think they've got a lot of things going for them, and I could see a world where we just we, we look at the end of the season and we're like, man, the Browns are a damn good team. I also liked his comment a lot, and they were like, why'd you sign with the Browns? He said, because they winning. Because they winning. That's true. It's just like, it's like, oh, they're the Browns, but once they start winning, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think the Browns, and we're going to do a whole offseason breakdown, but right now, right now, they're my pick to win the AFC North. I thought you were about to say because, AFC. Yeah, I <laughs> thought that take was about to be a lot. No, yeah. Yeah. I was... I was ready for something. I was like, uh-oh. I was like, Kane's about to say some shit here. Win right. the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, I, I I agree with you. Like Because it's it, it has nothing to do with a clowny pickup, really. I mean, yeah, Sauce, their D-line's going to be even better. Their defense is cold. But, I mean, they have, I think it's fair to say, a top three roster talent in the NFL. I mean, it's them, the Bucks. No, Kate, no Kate, I completely agree. I think that it takes oh, yeah, almost like... Almost obvious at this point. I mean, because like you know, they, they should be the you have, favorites. You have Big Ben coming back. I don't think Big Ben's. Gonna it's do them stuff. or the Ravens. Uh, the Steelers got worse, and then the Ravens. You know, they didn't address their biggest needs. So yeah, the Browns are my my choice. No, like far. like I said, they're easily like a top five talent in the league, and you can yes. make a case for Bucks, Chiefs, Browns. There's a little part of me, and it's just a little part that's like the Bengals, Joe Burrow. If he okay, gets well we're gonna well, move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we have some draft NFL draft news. They get new jerseys, and you're just all about it now, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bang, Bengals, Bengals, Bengals winning the Super head. Bowl. 
So there was a lot of questioning about Trevor Lawrence's motivation. You know, and I just think it's funny because in a year that we keep joking that everyone keeps overthinking things, people started overthinking Trevor Lawrence for like a minute. And it was amazing. They were like, you know what? He's always been the guy. He's never had to fight for anything. And, you know, once he has to fight for his NFL career, is he going to be able to do it? And people were actually serious about this. They were actually for real. And it was like looking that maybe they weren't going to draft him. It's like, it's like, you know who else did? Andrew Luck. John Elway. Yeah, number one quarterbacks usually are that good where they don't need to fight. You, you, you know who else was? Zion Williamson. Is it like Zion, Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence. Those are guys that we knew were going to be the first pick the year before. Like, even Joe Burrow kind of came on late. We're like, oh, okay, he's the number one. We knew Trevor Lawrence was going to be a top five talent when he was in high school. It's wild. That's Same thing with Zion. Don't overthink it. And the Pelicans didn't. And Zion's averaging like 27 a game now. It's been, what, three years where we've been saying Trevor Lawrence the first overall yeah, pick. Yeah, And, I mean, I think we got to the point finally where people just got so tired of saying yep. the only thing about him was first yep. overall pick that they had to create this new narrative just to talk about him. Yeah. Because what else is there to say about him? I mean, he's an amazing guy. Like, you just donated to a Jacksonville charity, and guess what? They haven't even drafted him yet. So... Wow, that's savage. And we'll get to a little more Jacksonville, but here's his tweet. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he addressed the criticism and he had a series of tweets, you know, saying how much he's all in football and how much he's ready to put into the game. So he addressed it. And yeah, let's not overthink this, guys. And then you you actually told me this. The Jags already gave him the playbook. Yeah. So it came out that the Jags gave him their offensive scheme so they could figure out what he was comfortable with and start getting him ready for or at least play calls ready for him during the offseason. Because, you know, most of the time teams aren't going to give their playbook to a player because uh, probably not going to the team. But when you have the first overall pick, it's a little bit more obvious. So in this scenario, you know, you want to be a good team next year. I'm actually excited about the Jags or I think they'll be fun offensively. Um, why not like get the work in now, like get the kind of boring stuff out of the way and like just go in day one, like ready to go. Literally, like I know people say, oh, I'm ready to work. But like, no, this dude's actually like ready to start working before he gets drafted. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was kind of a flex almost i like it from the jags but it, i thought it was dope too you know because i think the biggest issue with teams drafting quarterbacks is you know do they support him enough you know is the roster enough to support him is the coaching staff ready to support him and giving him the playbook before he's even drafted and being like hey what are you comfortable with is there anything you want us to tweak is there anything you'd like to add because your game can really fulfill it I love that because that is giving me the vibe that they are ready to really build something around Trevor Lawrence. They're tired of losing. They're, and, they're tired of being the Jags. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is a great first step in a f relationship, too, because, you know, when you start talking about like, oh, we want to extend you about five years from now. This is something that the ownership use as a great foundational piece to create, you know. A lasting relationship with him where he could spend his whole career in Jacksonville because guess what he would genuinely enjoy it if they listened to him all the time it's like a reverse Texan situation yeah yeah no no it's 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 exactly what you want to see out of these crap teams you like want them to see to embrace it and that's exactly what the Jags need to do is just be like all right you're our guy like just yes go all in you haven't had anything to be happy about in years and now you have one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen in a very very long time
Yeah, so great stuff out of Jacksonville. I can't wait to watch the draft. We have an amazing draft episode coming next week. No hype for that? Yay! Wow, that was... That was really dry. Sorry, I kind of wasn't ready for that. Okay, well, anyway, draft episode coming next week. It's going to be a banger. All right, so let's get into an interesting KD interview that went down. Uh, I don't know what he Our weekly Kevin Durant social media update. What podcast was he on? I feel like it's just a conversation. Oh, he was on Gilly the King podcast. King King Gilly's podcast. I don't know who King Gilly is, but apparently he has hey, a podcast. We support all other podcasts. Yeah. King Gilly, I bet he has an amazing podcast. Um I mean, he had but don't go there. listen to his if you're watch, listening to this one. Well, you can just like wait till till we wait finish. till it ends. Yeah. So anyway, Kevin Durant like had his lit um was asked the top five players he's ever played with. And at first he said Harden, Kyrie, Steph, Clay, and Ibaka. So that was weird. There what was a drop cl- off. Clear. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wait, wait, what? Wait, Surge? Wait, Surge? You're, you're forgetting you're somebody, mi- you're Katie. You're missing one. And then, uh, like, later in the podcast, uh, apparently, he corrected himself and put Russ. So I think, yeah, obviously, his top five may be one of the best of all times. Especially because, like, people always talk about, like, oh, in their primes. No, but, like, KD actually played with all these guys during their primes. So, one, dub for that. Two, I'm sorry, what? How did you forget about Russ? KD. That seems really weird. And then putting Surge above him? Like, I know you didn't forget the dude that won the MVP the year after you left. I, I know you didn't forget just happened to... For, like, if he, like, forgot Harden or, like, even, like, Steph... Because you'd, you'd be like, oh, you forgot him. And he'd be like, oh, like, you know, that's a genuine, like, okay, you probably just forgot him. Obviously, he's on the list. Westbrook, there is a clear... There is a clear, like... Oh, I forgot the guy I played with for like seven years, and we were like best friends. And then when I left, it was the most biggest news story for two goddamn years in basketball. I was gonna say, I feel like that's a pretty like <laughs> it was the biggest rivalry in sports. Foundational part of his life too, because that's the team he started with. That's like the guy he started with. Yeah, it's just like, dude, come on. I'm not asking a lot. That's Katie. so salty. Like, why? Like, why do you do that? It's n- it's 2021. It's not 2017 anymore. Stop taking stupid shots. Just, you d- you didn't say, hey, the players that I would like to kiss and be best friends with right now. You like, just said best players. Like, I don't know. He just acts like, like, OKC did him dirty. Yeah. Like, that, that's that the exact me. opposite. You did them extremely dirty. Why do you still have this, like, weird grudge in the back like of your resentment mind? to them. It, and it's like, and it's like. If there was a player that was Westbrook's caliber, like he wanted MVP there, yeah, like if 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 he had somehow played with with like Jimmy Butler too, and he said Jimmy Butler instead of Westbrook, you're like, I mean, I guess you know, there's a case. But Serge Ibaka has been nothing more than a and he solid, was on the team. He was on the same team. He has been nothing but a solid role player. So it's not even like, oh, well, you know, you can make... There is absolutely no case for Serge Ibaka whatsoever. All of those top five, top four are all amazing MVP candidates besides, like, Kyrie and Clay. I look, he thought he was going to say Dre, and then I was like, damn, he said Serge over Dre. Dude, even Draymond, you could make somewhat of a case, because it's like, well, you know, he was the... Team guy. He was the glue guy, you know, like... Yeah. Like, but no, it was Serge, who was, like, very... He was very good. That's Westbrook won an MVP, dude. Come on now. It just it just bugs me. Just I know you, like, I know it didn't just slip your mind, KD. I know you're a smart dude. 
He just forgot, guys. Sometimes, dude, I he, know you're he not just that dumb. Me sometimes it's so irritating. Yeah. Like, you guys think he went on Twitter afterwards with his burners and was like, "Yeah, Russ's ass." No I don't know he if he forgot he, him. Does he do that anymore? Now that everyone knows it he does it, surprise me. No, he definitely still does it. Come on, dude. You tell me he doesn't have using, one burner. Once you start using burners, you can't stop. I know, but I feel like if once everybody exposed him for it, he probably like took a little bit of a break. Yeah. And by now, he's like back. But on I it. guarantee you, he has like one. But it's like it's like KD. Nobody it's like. It's just once they got hardened, all the KD hate came back because it was gone for like a year. One, because he was injured and two, because his team was like not that good. And then now everyone's like, oh, we hate KD. It's like, dude, no star in the history of any sport has ever been this sensitive. Like, I know, like he was like, oh, I'm sensitive with with the Shannon thing. But you started it like I know that that's annoying because Shannon is a journalist and he misinterpreted a quote. But like. I'm sure there have been a thousand misinterpretations about LeBron, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan. They don't say nothing. I think KD is so worried about his place and the legacy of the sport, though, that it bothers him to a tenth degree. It's like, look, KD, I'm not going to be I mean, I'm going to be mad at you for the Warriors, but like, that's fine. But that like, I'm fine with you going to the Warriors, but also you have to be OK with the ramif- ramifications of the choice. And the same thing with like your team becoming a super team on the Nets. I'm not saying decline the trade for James Harden and don't tell Kyrie to come with you. I'm saying you got to know what's going to happen. I will say it's kind of funny, though, that KD acts like this, but he's probably the third most targeted player on his team. <sighs> like this year overall. I w- Ugh, yeah, dude. Kyrie and Harden have. I would say uh, yeah. Kyrie yeah. maybe over Harden, just because it's been more consistent. No, Kyrie is Kyrie's number one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And Kyrie's is even kind of like not even really fair yeah, sometimes. Harden got MVP, so I don't. Yeah, of course, right? So, Katie, just stay off Twitter, dude. Yeah, for sure. So and podcast. Another NBA news, dude. And he like like just tried to destroy Michael Rappaport too. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, that was a couple weeks ago. That was a while ago. But that was like such a dick move. Uh, Michael was kind of... I mean, Michael was also being a dick. But like, you're Kevin Durant. You don't need to stoop down yeah. to that. Like, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> so Weird. anyway, Ben Simmons is on a publicity tour to <laughs> win the Defense Player of the Speaking Year. Of. I have been saying this for a while that he should win Depoy, but I've never seen a man hype oh my God. up this much. Like, I think it's cool to like say, like, oh, I'm the Defense Player of the Year. No ifs, ands, or buts. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's pretty admirable. But like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, Stan- this player really believes in himself, mm-hmm. and he believes in his game. But Ben Simmons has now talked about it like a billion times. Uh, it, it's really starting to get old. It's like, yeah, dude, we get it. You think you're the defense player of the year? Uh, I mean, I, I like Ben Simmons. It, it seems like, and then also Joel did like did the exact, the exact same, same thing, thing. Like the next day. It's like, do you not go, you guys like not walk in the locker room and you're like, wait. Like, <laughs> Spider-Man meme, dude. Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other. Insert Spider-Man Insert. meme. Insert. Here. If you watch the video. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it. I'm not going to do it. Why? It'd be funny. No, I'm going to do it because it's funny. Um, put their heads on Yeah, it. dude. No, because like literally, like that's kind of weird. It's kind of like the LeBron AD thing where it's like, you're probably going to split some votes if you both say that you're deep boy. So. Wait, did, did Joel say he was deep boy? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Like the next day. <laughs> wow. Okay. So like. It's so weird. It kind of seems like somebody, like, he was playing good defense, but didn't really want to say anything. And then, like, the whole NBA fandom, like, was like, hey, you're Depoy. And he was like, 
Yeah, like whenever your girlfriend hypes you up for something that you didn't think was that big of a deal, but then she says it and you're like, you know what? You're right. And you gain some weird confidence. That's what happened with NBA fans to Ben Simmons. They told him he was a deep boy and he was like, you know what? I am. I am the greatest defender of all time. Nobody will ever score me. Michael Jordan sucks if he was guard. Well, and then he, you know, he was saying his game, you know, he can guard one through five. That's great. That's facts. But then he started like hating on like Rudy Gobert and like he like attacked Rudy Gobert. It's like stuff that we say. (laughs) It's like, yeah, let the fans have those debates. Let the voters have that talk. You just can't go out there and be like, well, Rudy Gobert don't do shit. I dropped 42 <laughs> on him, and they say I ain't even a score. And then Rudy doesn't even say anything back. Like, Rudy's just French, and he's like, hey, we, uh, COVID. <laughs> that was the biggest generalization. <laughs> he's French, so he says, we, we. Um, going off what Talon said, going off what Talon said, I can't wait until one fan tells him, you know what, Ben? I think you've turned into quite the three-point shooter, and then this man's just chucking, chucking up, up threes. He's like, I am the greatest shooter of all... Yeah, dude, he, he just needs to get a better girl. Like, shut up, Ben. Maybe you spend less time talking about how you're a deep boy and maybe work on a shot. That would help. It, it's annoying. And then in less cool NBA news, Jamal Murray's injury was awful. Way less cool. So he's going to less. Season. It was like the last minute of the Warriors game. Which is so, like, yeah, that, that's the worst. Take, take your stars out. If the game's over, take your stars out. That's why you do it. And then, you know, obviously he tore, I, I, was it his a- ACL? Was his ACL? Yeah, okay. I think. I just wanted to make sure I was correct. He's out for a, a full calendar year, unless he rehabs crazy and then comes back in like 10 months. But still, this is a brutal time to get that injury because he's basically going to miss all of next season as well. Because I, I imagine the NBA is kind of going to tighten up their mm-hmm. schedule a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then also... Look, I know that the debate's been really heavy on the NBA. Like, oh, look at this. It's the NBA's fault. They're scheduling so many back-to-backs, scheduling a lot of games. I still think we should chill on that a little bit because there's one crucial flaw. Yeah, is the NBA game is the NBA scheduling a little bit more games than they wanted to? Yeah, probably. Is that the best for players' health? Probably not. But guys, we're still in a pandemic. You know, when this season started, there was no end in sight. There was no vaccine ready. There was nothing. But now that we all like have our vaccines, we're like, oh, well, what do you mean? The, the world's normal again. So why is the NBA doing this? There's still a pandemic. You know, the NBA had to cram all these games. They wanted to play 72. And they brought it. They took 10 games out of the schedule. That's a decent amount. But that was expected. OK. And also, don't play your stars in the fourth quarter with a minute left when you're what were they winning or losing by a lot. Do you, do you remember? They were losing. It, it was, was like it was over. Yeah. Yeah. So take your stars out. Like that's a coaching issue, right? That's not the NBA's fault that you didn't if if Jamal Murray is on the bench, nobody's even talking about the NBA having a scheduling problem. And I understand it it probably could have been sixty something games instead of eighty two or instead of seventy two, but they brought it down ten and you gotta realize it's still a business. They're still trying to make money. And taking ten full games off of the entire season is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot for ESPN and TNT of those guys be like, I'm not going to pay you as much if there's not going to be as much games. So the NBA is trying their best. Calm down. Yeah. like Ad- Adam Silver is like, has had zero, like very little faults in his commissioning career. And this isn't one of them. It, like he probably m- might've been able to do a little bit better, but like 
come on, guys. Like, we, we don't give this much crap to football half the time, and football is way worse yeah, half the time. Yeah, football just added an extra game. Yeah, football added an extra game, but nobody's going to say anything because just, everybody just gets injured. That's kind of how it goes. Well, and then, like, an, an, another whole debate is like, oh, well, oh, they're having their these play-in games and they're changing the rules. Yeah, the NFL did the exact same thing. They changed the rules during a COVID yeah, nobody year. Could, and, and also, no one said shit. And, oh, okay, also, the, the play-in thing with Mark Cuban, don't be in the play-in game if you don't want to play Oh, it. my God, that is so fast. Yeah, Mark don't, Cuban's don't like, Suck. Oh, it's putting pressure on the eight seed. You know, the eight they deserved it. Okay, guys, when do we when do we start glorifying the eight seed? Did you deserve? There's 15 teams in the conference. You're going to get smacked either way. Yeah, by the first seed. So who, who cares? No, no. The playing tournament's awesome. It's one of the best decisions basketball has made in the last couple of years. I think it's going to be amazing. And let's stop hating on it for no reason. And if you don't want to play in the playing games. Then win. Yeah, just don't be the AC. And just, also, back to the injuries thing, though. Like, there's actually, there actually statistically have been generally around the same injuries as there is every year. It just so happens that it's been the stars who have been getting injured. So we're look paying more attention to it. Well, and stars always get injured. Stars always get injured. Like, it's it's stars been, always get injured. It's been a little bit more wacky this year, I will say. But like, that's kind of just dumb luck. Like, the injuries itself have actually been around the same. Uh, and there have been missed games because of COVID, but that's not the NBA's fault. They can't. And honestly, since like the beginning of the season, they've been great for the whole COVID thing. Like we got a little bit scared and then it was just smooth sailing. It, I mean, I haven't seen one Lakers game get postponed all year. And I think one Pacers game got postponed too. Oh, there's a couple. But like, <laughs> but it was the other team's fault. Yeah. So it's, it's been safe sailing. So don't hate on the NBA guys. The NBA is the least league we should be hating on right now. And we'll, we'll get to another league that we should be hating on. But first, Chet Holmgren made yeah. his college decision today. Like yeah. Caden said earlier, it's uh, Monday the 19th of April. And Chet Holmgren has committed to Gonzaga. So Gonzaga will have another great run to the championship, but probably lose to a good team again. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. I mean, he's going to dominate next year. And then, I mean, I feel bad. Actually, I feel bad for Madison. Oh, Madison will go get to watch Chet Holmgren next year. That'd wow. be sick. Oh. She's not going to understand that at all. She'd be like, oh, this dude's really tall. Yeah. And my girlfriend goes to Pepperdine, and Pepperdine's in Gonzaga's conference. So Pepperdine's going to get railed by this dude yeah. next year. But anyway, it's a pretty, pretty big deal. Um, there's some, a lot of other Blue Bloods. And actually, I think if the Blue Bloods didn't have such a bad season this year, because like North Carolina was on his list, I think he would have gone somewhere else. But the Blue Bloods suffered, and Gonzaga was in the limelight. And he chose Gonzaga. So pretty big news, and I can't wait to watch him play. They really won every game and then lost the last one. <laughs> They're going to do the same thing again next yeah. year. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing. It's going to be the same exact It's the most Gonzaga thing ever. But now we get to see that Timmy dude with the mustache and Chet Holmgren. Um, Drew, Drew Timmy. Timmy. Drew Timmy's the dude. He is a, he's a dad, that's for sure. So then we're going to move on to the biggest news of the week. And honestly, this may be the biggest news in sports of this time. year so far. And this is about European soccer. And if you don't watch European soccer, you don't really follow it, that's fine. But something outrageous is happening. So, 12 of the biggest clubs in Europe are now deciding to branch off and start their own Super League. And what this means for soccer is a lot, actually. So, soccer has this... Um, tournament called the Champions League, where the best teams of each, you know, international or each country's league, all the best teams meet and they play. 
and there's one crowned champion of Europe. And it's a huge deal. It's fantastic. It's probably the best thing in sports, other than like the World Cup. But that won't be no that will be no more if the Super League is started. And so the 12 clubs are just all they just have a bunch of money and they want to make more money. And there's a lot of replications for this. UEFA has came out and said that players who participate in the Super League will not be able to do international or European club play. And what this means is so the Super League, what they want is to play in the middle of the week in their Super League and then still play in their actual leagues. But the actual leagues that they play in, so example like Manchester United plays in the Premier League, the Premier League in Europe in England will send them down to their fifth division. That would be like sending the Yankees down to single A for anyone who doesn't understand that. So this is huge, That's wild. huge news. What are your guys' thoughts on the Super League? Well, it gives me perspective because, you know, as an NBA fan, I'm like, Kevin Durant's making a super team. Huh, well, we'll make a super league. I know. They took the super. Yeah. Us. Yeah. I think uh, KD should, you know, go and join some of that super league. Um, more shots of KD. Yeah. KD to the European KD for to soccer. Dude, the meme where he's like, non next chapter. We need that now. Yes. But Insert just like, that meme. Um, but then I have to actually make that meme. I'm sure there's a template. I'm sure it's a blank template. You can <sighs> I hate thematic. you. I hate you. I hate you. Uh, no, it's uh, it's quite crazy because, you know, again, I don't really understand European soccer that much, but having all the best teams be like, hey, we're going to destroy this whole tradition thing is pretty like, oh my God, that's intense. So again, I don't know much about European soccer, but I do know that this could quite mess things up. No, this is that like fans are almost to the point of rioting. This is this like is, a this is like a national news story, not just soccer. Yeah, this is gonna ruin like could. European soccer. Could I guess? Oh, it's if it happens, it's gonna. No, I'm saying like so. If, I'm saying if yeah. is if I mean it's been like accepted. It's like supposed to be happening. So why would it ruin European soccer? Because I genuinely yeah don't for people get like it. us. So okay. And I, I told you guys this analogy earlier. Explain because basketball terms. Before we get into it, like it sounds cool to me. It sounds like more soccer, which I like more sports. So more sports equal good to me. But That's, that might yeah. not be the case. Yeah, okay, so here you go. I'm going to use college sports as an example because it's kind of like the conferences represent the different leagues. Okay. Okay. So imagine like the biggest dogs, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, um, USC, like all the biggest, te- like Texas, like all the biggest from money programs of, from different UMKC. conferences. UMKC. UMKC. Yes. Grew up. They were all like, hey, you know what? Conference play is cool and all, but let's just play each other because we'll get the most viewership. It's genius, right? We'll make the most money. And what that does is now the other teams in the conferences don't get to play uh, them. And it also ruins the format for this like really rich tradition. And it well, also kills the viewership. It sounds okay. Else. Like, oh, well, why would the other leagues be mad at that? Well, because it's already the Champions League. So imagine the college football playoff is now gone because oh. now you just have Super League. You. That's not cool. Yeah, and you like the college football playoff. Yeah. And the whole thing is that the Champions League, you get to earn it. This, you just buy your way in. And that's what fans are really mad about. So you get to be in the Super League just because you have money. You can win your league and it doesn't matter. You could be the best team in the world. Yeah, and it isn't, isn't there one team that isn't even that good, but they have money because they are. Yeah, Tottenham and base. Arsenal, they have the money and they have the fan base, and so they're in it. But they're not even top of their table. It's basically all the rich boys getting into a club. And so then. The NCAA counteracts with, you know what? You guys can't be in your conferences anymore. You guys have to go play FBS. Or, no, FCS. My bad. FBS is the Bulls series. So now, now the retribution is that Alabama would have to go play like D2 or something. Gotcha. That's wild. 
That'd be... And so then, actually, this just came out 54 minutes ago. Leeds United is a European team in the premiere, and they wore a shirt today that said, earn it. And then on the back, it says, football is for the fans. And they are playing Liverpool, who was one of the teams that accepted the Super League. They had those made fast. They were ready. They had the printout and everything. Have you guys seen how NFL dra- uh, jerseys are the drafter made? Actually, did just uh, yeah, other video. Cool. It's like that. They they had those ready to go. So yeah, European soccer is kind of a shit show right now. I cannot wait to see the drama. I it mean, it's very interesting. It has a huge presence on like online and then TikTok. Oh my god, football fans are so so mad, and it's crazy. I mean. Think about how mad basketball fans were KD went to the Warriors, and that doesn't even compare. Like, imagine you're like the league as you know it would be shapeshift. That I would be so mad. I'm honestly glad I'm not a soccer fan at this point because like having because Yeah, we're WNBA like, we, fans. We yeah, we're WNBA, like that's my league, right? Yeah. <laughs> um no, but like we love basketball, we love football, and we definitely do not love those sports nearly as much as the entire world loves soccer because it's just not Americanized. And, yep. You know, we just, you know, dumb Americans love our American football, handball, really. Um but and soccer is that much, that much more intense, and their fans are that much more have that much more tradition, that much yeah, more. Yeah, the tradition intensity. is such a big part of that sport, and now it's and oh. just the level of quality that would get destroyed <laughs> through this instantly. Just, soccer is looked at as like the perfectly ran sport. You know, they have the transfer windows, they have all these leagues. You have relegation and up and like um, relegation. I don't know the other term, but like when you get bumped up, qualification. Leagues, well, maybe qual- Yeah, that sounds good. That and so nice. you have league movement, you know, you, your spot's not safe. You know, the biggest clubs, even if they were bad for a year, they go down because your play matters more. And that's what I love about that's European soccer. That's what makes soccer, it intense. Because there is no tanking. You win or you're gone. No matter the club, no matter who you are, you are not above being relegated. And that's what I love about it. Games and always, there's no politics. Games always matter. Yeah. Games always matter. But now it does. And now... Or now it doesn't. Now it doesn't. Because now it's just Super League. So is this actually happening? Because I would think most the, of them want to play in FIFA. It's... You know, and we're going to see that. We're going to... This is this is brand new. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of news coming out in the next couple of weeks. I mean, weeks. yeah. By the time this is posted, there probably there is going to be some other news. probably some other news. But right now, it's... The 12 teams... And there's going to be, like, three more that eventually join, they said, are in on it. And it's been approved. Like, they are going to do this. But now we're going to see UEFA and FIFA fight back. And this also hurts the smaller clubs economically because if those clubs can't yeah. play the big boys, they won't be on TV. Yeah, they're ready. You I know, mean, you got to think, like you just mentioned fans. it, Pepperdine is going to play Gonzaga. Gonzaga. And that's the only reason you're going to go to that basketball game is because you're like, oh, they're coming in town. You know, LeBron co- comes to OKC and they're like, oh, let's go to that game. And then they're in their city economics goes skyrocketing yes. yeah but if pepperdine plays umkc it's like nobody gives a shit okay hey, no. whoa 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 uh, whoa whoa for the viewership the ratings yeah. perspective so exactly just... so this is not only does this impact like the game the leagues the shape of european soccer this also impacts the little guys i will say i have heard a thing or two about how it was also kind of a tactic to there was something that the teams didn't like. I don't remember exactly, but it was almost like a bargaining tactic just a little bit because I don't know if there was much seriousness in this because obviously they had to know that FIFA was going to have something to say about it. Right. That's my thing. It's like you'd figure they would like, I don't know. Know this was going to happen. You know, I mean, those guys have big pocketbooks and they think they can just Man I mean, City yeah. just hit everybody up at three in the morning. was like, you guys up. Can you got to forget talk about the really rich 
the rich people in the world, they don't think like, oh, what's going to happen if I do? There's like, okay, I'm just yeah, going to do it. Yeah, they probably think this is like the best idea ever. Yeah, but you got to realize rich people. They probably thought about like, just like how you kind of said like earlier, like, oh, this is going to be great. People no, are going to love nobody this. Nobody has ever told them no. There's going to yeah. be no repercussions. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, what, whoa, are, people what are, are repercussions? About this. Yeah. What? They've always had an easy life. They've always been able to just do whatever yeah. they want. So crazy news out of European soccer. We're going to finish up today's episode with the NBA stock market. I'm buying Steph as top five again. Facts. Like, you know, we missed out on Steph last year. Boy, was it sad. And then the Warriors this year are so weird to watch because they're like the best team in the league when Steph's on the court. And they're like, oh, dude, the Warriors are sick. But then he's off the court and they're like one of the worst offenses in like NBA history. Loki, I'm kind of like, at least this year, I'm kind of glad they suck so much because we really get to like, we didn't see him at all last year. So like when he's on the court, they just feed him the ball. Yeah. And you really get to just see Steph do what he wants, do what he is. So Steph is just been on an absolute tear recently. It's, it's not even funny. Tear is an understatement. Um, what is it, like 43 points? Our game? partner. This week, yeah. Our partner, official sports place. Sports, sports, place. sports place. They do um, Player of the Weeks, which is amazing. It's one of the favorite things I like about them. And they named Steph Curry as their West Player of the Week, which, which I'm sure he will be in the Which NBA was like well. easy, yeah. He was averaging 44 points a game, five assists, and six boards. I don't know if the NBA does a weekly. I think they do it monthly. They do Player of the Week. They do? Yeah. Because Sabonis got player of the week. Oh, that's <laughs> that's how you know. I do know that. <laughs> first week of the league. Or first That's like three week. games. Yeah. Player of the week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 You play my career. You, you should know that they do player of the week. Well, I also average like 65 points, so I'm not so really... you probably win a lot of those. Uh, yeah, probably every single one. Hey, keep that Julius pulled up. I'm bringing up Julius here in a minute. All right. Well, so yeah, that's my, that's my, my buy. I oh. think, you know, Steph Curry, I wish we could throw him to MVP... Because I think this is a clear example of most value. Yeah, no, he's if literally. You guys are 500, and then when you're on the floor, you're averaging like, and this this week he averaged it's like top five. 40. They're like top five offense, right? Yeah, like, I mean, you're a crazy good offensive team. They look great. They should be winning a lot of games, you'd think. And then their bench comes down or comes on, and they're one of the worst offenses of all time. That screams MVP. They're the worst offense in the last five years without him. I feel like yeah. Steph has a better chance of winning MVP than Jokic. <laughs> Just because they want to get I mean, them. the NBA would love that. Just narrative-wise. Like, I actually kind of want to say that Steph... Like buy him for MVP, but I just know that's not how that works. He's not even he doesn't even have a seed right now. He's he's in the playing game though. So I mean He's behind the Grizzlies. Also, he's gonna play like forty eight minutes now. Yeah. Yeah. But also, maybe a potential dub for the Warriors. You get Clay coming back next year. You know, maybe they could do some more moves. Fourth fifth pick, yeah. And then get this the Timberwolves. And they got James Wiseman. And they got James Come Wiseman. Back. The Timberwolves have will only get their pick if it's in the top three. Oh, we didn't talk about this on the podcast. I forgot. No. They will only get the pick if it's in the top three. So if the Timberwolves pick gets bumped out of the lottery, or like the top three in the lottery... They're screwed. It goes to the Warriors. And so the, the Warriors, Warriors might get like a number four pick. In. Yeah. yeah. So boom, there you go. So that, I'm buying Steph as a top five NBA player. And also... Because he is. He is. Respect. He, I will say, um, why are Warriors and Celtics games always gas? Think about the fact. Think about the past five years with Isaiah Thomas. They were always beating the Warriors when they were like seventy three. When they were seventy three and nine, the Celtics beat them. And then like with Kyrie and stuff, they would always battles. And now like why? Why are Celtics and Warriors games always on ESPN or TNT? And they're always gas. Well, I don't know. It's like they're two giant markets with great stars. Tom. I know, but like you said, like it was like a hot take. But like they've been con- no no teams have had consistently this good games, and they they're not in the same conference. They play twice a year. Yeah. All right, Caden, your stock market. 
I am buying Julius Randle and the very fun Knicks. I've bought the Knicks before for being fun, um, but I'm doing it again because you know what? I thought they were going to fall off, and they haven't. Yeah. So they are sixth in the seating right now, one game behind the Celtics. That's They won six straight. Yeah, exactly. So leading them currently is Julius Randle. He averaged 36 points this week. Almost seven assists and eight boards. And I think he hit a game. No, it was a dagger. That's what it was. It was dagger. Yeah, he dropped like 45 or over 41 game recently. Yeah. And like, I just feel like, how could you hate the Knicks right now? Like, usually I hate the Knicks because James Dolan's just a piece of crap. But like, I don't know. Julius Randle, just watching him pop off, especially after just like, I'm not saying he wasn't like a, he was a no-name player, but I don't he know. hasn't been like a high profile. The the first time I ever saw, you know, Lakers fan here, the first time I ever saw this little like glimpse was his last year. It was with Lonzo. And he had moments where I was like, damn, Julius Randle can be good. But I never saw this. Like, yeah. I thought he could be at most like a 19 and 10 kind of guy. Averaging like, like 36 like, a game. Dude, in his like game... He was hitting like step back jumpers. Like that's he's how his game is heavily involved. And to the Knicks' perspective, ironically, they are kind of in the situation the Nets were a couple years ago, where they're like great culture, big market. It's like if this could have happened a year or two before, <laughs> Katie and Kyrie are probably on. The well, Nets. it's funny that you talk about Knicks. the big market because I actually saw a great example of playing in a big market and what it does. Guys, I saw some Julius Randle MVP talk. Oh god! That's, I'm that's, seeing a pretty good amount of it. That's blasphemous. I saw an Instagram sorry. poll. I think it. I it could have been it like, a joke. It right? could have been hey, some hey, other hey, place. But I've got a stats pulled up. He's 22nd with here, points. Here, official sports place. Um, our great partner. Shout out to them. They put. They posted a poll. Should Should Julius Randle be in the MVP convo? 41 percent said for sure. Wow, guys, okay, this I mean, is what playing in a big market does. His numbers are great, though. He's 20, 20, basically 24, uh, 10 and a half and six. If you lead the Knicks, you're going to be an MVP combo. I mean, think about how we thought, like how we viewed Melo for those years. Like he was just such an immortalized player. Like, if Harden was on the Knicks right now, he'd be a lock. Oh, oh, 100%. oh 100%. That's also wow. I think I just want to point out that uh, one Zion came out and was like, I love uh, this is my favorite place to play. <laughs> oh my no, 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 God. no, 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 because he said this is my this is my favorite place that. to play besides New Orleans. And it's like Knicks fans are like Zion's coming to New York. It's like, OK, don't do this, guys. LeBron in 2009 was like, oh, I love playing here. And everyone was fair, like, he he's coming go. to New York. Ah, He almost did. But no, then like that, that was the part that I thought was funny because he almost went there. Yeah, no, that and then the funny part. yeah, and then like yeah, and it's just like everybody almost goes there, and no one actually does. I feel but, like it's kind of like a knockback to reality. And like, also like Zion, it's like okay, you wouldn't get him for another eight years, guys. <laughs> like yeah. he's gonna be under contract. He's gonna get a max extension. Like it's gonna be occupied for calm a while. Down. Anyways, uh, but I I do think it's interesting though. They're in a spot where it feels like they're kind of like the Nets, where they got you know some culture. They're in a big market. That's exactly what the Nets were. And then they trade away all their culture, and now they have Super Team. Yep. So all Kool-Aid, right. your sell? Uh, well, I actually have another buy. Oh, I am, my apologies, sir. Come on, dude. I am buying Fuck. Joel Embiid back for MVP. Yep. Guys, yep. Um, I just mentioned this a few minutes ago, but the media does not want to give Nikola Jokic the MVP whatsoever. I think they'd all rather die. I'm going to be honest. I think Stephen A. would rather jump off a cliff than give Jokic an MVP. I'm going to be honest. I think I called that. Um, I called this, though. I said, I don't think... Embiid's going to lose enough steam for it to matter when he comes back. Now, to be fair, I don't think anyone could have considered that the MVP would have no strength. There's no candidates where you're like, yeah, 
that guy. There's no solid I, it, one. It was Joel, and then he got injured, and he's back now. He's getting 30 a game, 11 boards, three assists. I think, let me pull up his last game. I guess the Clippers, he shot 50%, had 36 points, 14 boards. Sorry. Um, oh, and then he had 40 before that, 36 before that against the <laughs> Nets in Dallas. So those are trash teams, right? Um, yeah, this guy, you know what? I'll say it. He's currently my MVP. I think he'll get back in the conversation where it's strong enough where most people could consider him that. But just considering his track record from the season, I think you could make the argument that MB should be the MVP right now. Well, because usually you you can't miss a certain amount of games. But I I would say that condensed season this year, this year's MVP, a lot of standards, a lot of precedents are going to go out the window. And the thing is, it's like, well, Joel missed a lot of games. So did LeBron, and so did Giannis, and so did Luca, so did Steph Curry. So, like, so did every, I mean, Joker is really the only one that you can say, but yeah. he's the fifth seed. So th- it it feels, Joel feels like the most rightful MVP. He yeah. dominated every single game he played. He, you know, they're the first seed in the East. They're probably still going to end up with the first seed with the Nets injuries. Um, and I... I don't know. It kind of. We also kind of assumed that he was going to get injured. I think he came back a little bit before we thought. I I might be misinterpreting that, but maybe a little sooner. It could have been later. I I, I remember it being sooner than I thought. But and I like also, what you said I like what you said because the Sixers finishing as the first seat. That's a lock in that, my that, mind. That, that's, that's usually how we do it. We're like, okay, yep. best player on best team in one of the conferences, right? And, and it's not going to be Donovan Mitchell. Sorry. And, yeah, and we also kind of assumed that you know. He was going to start slow because most players, you know, you, you kind of just put into the equation. OK, it's going to take him some game. He came back and it's like, oh, 36 and 12. OK, so that looks like the MVP again. Um, he looks like the most dominant player in the league. And that's what the MVP. He is came out me. and said, I am playing like Shaq dominant. And I, no, that sounds like, oh, no, don't say that. But regular season wise, he's playing exactly how Shaq is, but with like a three point shot and a mid range jumper. So all in all. I'm okay with saying Joel is going to be the. I don't think just lose to the I think Nets it's in the playoffs in five. You mean when he bodies oh, the Nets for fifty man. a game? Yeah, give him fifty a game. He's still going to lose because Ben's still going to get forty a game. Guess what? All right, hey, do you Nets. guys want to go to my cells? Ben's, Ben's not scoring forty. Nets are going to lose to the Sixers in the conference finals. Book it. You guys want to go to my cells? Um, I have a cell real quick. Sorry, I'm taking up all the stuff. I sold the Nets. Today. So. Oh, interesting. Show the Nets. It just wait for my on, explanation. On, okay, I am selling Russell Westbrook haters. When did we start hating this guy so much? Uh, we've been hating him off and on for like his entire career. Yeah, but for like we either love why? him or hate him. He, yeah, that's weird. He averaged a triple double for one season and got an MVP, and then everybody after his, that was just like stat patter. This guy sucks. It's just because Westbrook fans are like his narrative so crazy. Like his just his fan base is so intense where it's like dude, like chill out. But I like will, yeah, I will say he he has some stands that are like. Right well, like die. whenever he won MVP, they were like he's better than Curry, and you're like, no, well, he's not. The biggest issue is, is like, okay, you're putting up these historical numbers for what? What has he won? Um, that's that's the root of all those. Hits. I will say, when you put them up for five years now, it you have to take notice at some point. Like, Dude, oh, I agree for sure. I think there's some stat padding level that might come into it, but like, guys, come on, he's playing on. Okay, well, they're not a competitive team right now. I was about to say the Wizards were vying for the playoffs, but they're not. Well, no, actually, I mean, they, they, could, for they, they could get in the play-in. Okay, well, back to my point then. They could be in the playoffs. I mean, he's playing for a team right now that is trying to play into the playoffs, and dude's still popping off. Yeah, look, they're tied. They're tied for the 10th seed. Oh, shit, you're right. Okay, well, there you go. I mean, they're not Russ great, but... Russ for MVP. <laughs> oh, God, the oh, Pacers yeah. might have to play them again. Yikes. Yeah, well, the Wizards are kind of hot right now, low-key. 
Yeah, Russell Westbrook only had one of the best statistical games ever against us. Yeah, it wasn't so like I can't wait 30, to play him again. It was like 34, 15, Yay. and 16 or something like that. Yeah, it was, but, almost, it was only like, you know, really crazy. Yeah, I am selling uh, Russell Westbrook haters because it makes no sense to me yeah, anymore. Good job, Agreed. All right, I'm selling the Nets now. Let me get my explanation out of the way before Nate Can has to get the bucket of water to dump on the yeah, hot, hot take. Um, okay, look, I, I'm kind of back and forth on that. This is where I'm at. The Nets are my favorites. If I had to bet any kind of money, if I had to bet my life savings, I would bet the Nets to be the favorites. So, yeah, so sell them. That makes a lot of sense. But <laughs> I am selling. They are not the 2017-2018 Warriors. They are not the same team. This team has more questions. The 2017-2018 Warriors, all, I had, all you had to do was bring out Harrison Barnes for Kevin Durant. There wasn't any moving pieces. There was an established culture. There was an established champion head coach. There was so much more established there. I have so many questions about this Nets team. I I am comfortable saying they are the favorites, but I have many questions about them as a team. They have a rookie head coach. Rookie head coaches generally do not win the NBA title. Now it happens. Tyron Lue, Steve Kerr. So I'm not saying that that's the reason, but there's also other questions. They're... Their top three players are going to have played 10 games going into the playoffs. That's that's something. That's not nothing. That The Warriors, their first game with Kevin Durant, they got blown out by the Spurs. But they had an entire 82-game season with n- virtually no injuries to build up their chemistry. And then all of a sudden, they come into the playoffs and lose one game, and they dominate the entire NBA and lose and beat the greatest player of all time, in our opinions, LeBron James. And destroy him, by the way. And five. Um, so their best players are going to have played three games together. And also, they still have the question about defense, which, you know, you could say isn't going to matter. Or you could say it's not going to be 25th in the league, which I think I think it will get better. It's not going to be 25th. But and LaMarcus historically, in oh, the Marcus, to mention that. I will say LaMarcus isn't playing anymore, which. I don't hurt. I don't think hurts them too much because he was going to give them some bench scoring, and I think Blake Griffin can step up in that role a little bit. But I feel comfortable saying I value the most leagues. You know, philosophers, historians are always going to say predict the future by looking at the past. History repeats itself, so I'm going to do that. I don't know a lot of precedents that the best three players didn't play together at all, and then they win the championship, and all those other precedents, along with. It just feels like it has that feeling like KD, Kyrie, Harden, somebody is going to something's going to go wrong. I just having maybe that's just me overreacting to watching them not play any games together. But it feels to me like we're going to get a conference finals and Kyrie's going to get an injury or something like that. I think you're overthinking this. I think you're doing NFL GMs. You know, you've had a couple months to really think about the Nets now. And I, I really th- I really think you're overthinking it. And here's why I say that. Because, yes, you bring up fantastic points. And I'm going to – for this conversation, I'm going to predict no injuries. Because I, I really agree with you. Because is it, is it very possible that one of them gets injured? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not predicting an injury. It's just all those questions added on to the possibility of an injury with three players who have track records of getting injured for entire seasons. So I'm, I'm just going to predict no injuries for this like, little that, – That's like, fair. That's fine. You know, for the sake of this talk. That's fine. I, I really think you're over, overthinking it because, one, yes, you bring up a great point. They Will the team chemistry be there? I, I I actually think their their person to person chemistry like they're I compare them to Clippers but they're the Clippers don't give a shit about anybody like the, it feels like Kyrie Harden Katie like they want to win for each other yes it's just more the on court I know I actually I think it's gonna be fine and I say that because they're just the they're just 
that much that better. Good. And I think James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving are just that good. Because, you know, you say, yeah, the chemistry is not going to be there. You know what else isn't going to be there? The scouting. I think that's a big part of the playoff series. I think that's why we see guys like Giannis falter in the playoffs. We see these great players falter in the playoffs because they can be scouted. That's why teams like the Utah Jazz aren't going to win the championship. Because you can scout them and beat them in a seven-game series. But, you know, when you're going to have ten games of this dynamic team, this amazing trio, there's nothing to scout. You're not going to know enough about them until it's too late. And I'm sorry, it's just like, I can't see a world where any of these teams in the East, you know, beat them. The 76ers, they played recently. They beat them by six points. 76ers played great. Joel went off because, I mean, he he played like an MVP. But they still only won by six. And that was without Kevin Durant and James Harden. This is my thing is, okay, you add Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. It, their their no, offense, no, no. Kevin, Kevin Durant, James Harden. James Harden. Uh, their offense in that game wasn't the issue; it was their defense. And I, it, my thing is with the Nets is their in, interior defense is the worst part of their team, and they're going to have to go up against teams that play the Bucks and Giannis, and I think they can beat the Bucks in the 76ers with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons who feast in the paint, and then the Lakers and Andre Drummond, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James. That is a gauntlet, and I'm also a big guy who's like, I am a big believer in the easier your path is, like, if, if you have an easy path to the finals, once you get there, you're a lot more reinvigorated. You have a lot more bigger, like, higher chance of winning just because you haven't had to do much. The, I, I agree with I think, you. and also, I'm st- I still say the Nets are the favorites. If I had to bet my money right now, if I had to bet my life savings on any team, it would be the Nets. I'm just saying that with the Warriors, there was no question who was going to win. There is... Easily, there is still a lot to be learned for this the rest of this NBA season. And I mean, who knows? Maybe the rest of these games could we could learn something new. But I don't think it's a it's a scenario where it's a done deal. I do not think it's a done deal. I think the Bucks could beat them. I'm not going to predict, predict them to, but I think they could. I think the 76ers could beat them because I think the strengths. Bucks could beat them. Okay. I don't think the 76ers can. I, I just the think the 76ers I, aren't a good enough team three point shooting wise, and they get all their scoring in the exact same way. Joel Embiid. If you take away his three-point shot, he gets his points in the post. Ben Simmons gets his points in the post. Tobias Harris is a mid-range scorer. They don't score in a variety of different ways. It's so going to have to go right I think, I think defensively, it'll be easier than a team like the Bucks. I think the Bucks could be the Nets and the Lakers because they will dominate the inside. You have guys like Giannis, Andre Drummond, Anthony Davis, LeBron, but you have the three-point shooting to keep up scoring-wise. So those are the teams that I think could beat the Nets. That's fine. But th- that's my point is – the fact that you're saying we can beat the Nets yeah. if this 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 happens, there was no scenario at all where you were like we could beat the Warriors if this. No, that's fact. That, so okay, so the this Brooklyn Nets team is not the 2017-2018 Warriors. That is probably the greatest team of all time. But I still think you're maybe overthinking it a little bit, and then you could be proven wrong in a couple. Of that's months. fine, but I'm not going to be mad at myself by looking at the precedent that I've seen over 70 years of NBA play. And predict the future because that's what that's what you have to do. That's what philosophers, historians, the smartest people in the world has ever done is they look at the past and go, okay, what is it? How do we predict the future? That's what we do with politics. That's what we do with sports. That's what we do with nature. That's what we do with every single thing ever to predict the future. So but we still haven't do. seen their past. I know, I know. The, if any, we haven't seen if, them play, if any team is going to break a precedent, it's going to be a team with three of the greatest offense scores of all time. They're still the favorites. They're not the, the Warriors. I'm also selling the Mavs. 
guys, what the hell, dude? Like, hey, beat the Kings. Hey. Be- beat the Kings, dude. Y'all were having such good, like, momentum. And they're still 30 and 26, which is a decent record. That'd be pretty good in the East, that's for sure. Yeah, no, they, you know, they really kind of were getting hot, like and then they the lose bag. two in a row. Who'd they lose to the other day? Uh, they lost shoot. the Kings and the Knicks. Like, and then they barely beat the Grizz. They lose to the 76ers. And Luca's been blowout. going off. Luca's still going off. They lost to the Spurs. I don't know. It kind of feels like they're dropping the back. They also here. lost to the, the Rockets recently. So, yeah. You know, it just seems like once things start going right for the Mavs, they take like two steps back. Yeah. Uh, and also, buying the Celtics, you know, right as we crap on them, they're playing well. Now, I will say, guys, calm down. They're not a title contender or anything just because they won five games in a row. But they do look a lot better. They actually look like the Brad Stevens Celtics of what we think of them as. And uh, they're actually like a decent team. And that's I, I like the league when the Celtics are good. Same thing, Lakers, Knicks, Nets, and all that. Um, so... I'm glad that the Celtics are not terrible, but also not because they're trying to make us look stupid. Now we have to hear about it, though. Yeah, now we have yeah, to hear about sure. it, and I don't want to hear about it. But, like, that, let's show so. you guys. Like, Town said, they're not talking contenders. So I, pretty, I think that pretty much wraps up the episode. We had a lot of stuff to talk about. I hope you guys enjoyed this little hodgepodge. It was like a, it was like a golden corral of mm-hmm. sports. The buffet. Yeah, it was like a nice little buffet. You need a little bit of everything. Yeah. And we got some. I mean, you know, you had a little bit of everything, and then you had, like, the meal of European soccer and like talking about the Nets and yeah. the Jake Paul fight and the Jake Paul. I mean, that was, that was the most important thing we talked about today. Yeah. And then the WNBA. Yes. The WNBA. So go fever, go sparks, go forgot, forgot the names. Wings, wings, wings. wings. So yeah, big, we're WNBA guys now. So, and if you aren't get over yourself, thank you for listening. And we will see you guys for our job special next week. Peace. Deuce.